This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent is with Candy Myers, Inspector Lansing, and a group of Scotland Yard men in a diving bell which was descending to the kingdom under the sea. And suddenly, it stopped almost a mile below the surface. And now, a cheering voice speaks to them through a loudspeaker. So, you wise coppers thought you were all set to come down here and ramp us off, huh? Hey, where's that voice coming from? <laughs> in a communication system from the underseas kingdom. Well, I'll be... Now you listen to me, coppers. We've got you right where we want you, see? Oh, yeah? Well, let we me... Got wait, you. Wait. Good. Now you're dead ducks. Yeah. This is curtains for all of you. Like you, gang, I've often heard the saying, a chain is as strong as its weakest link. And it's very true. Because no matter how big, how powerful the chain, if one link is weak or broken, the chain will not hold. Well, I was amazed the other day when in conversation with a construction engineer, I learned that a steel girder used in the building of a bridge is carefully examined through an electronic instrument to make certain that there are no internal flaws. Because, I was informed, if there is the tiniest flaw hit somewhere within the girder and invisible to the naked eye, it could conceivably cause the collapse of the entire structure. Well, now that amazed me until I thought it over and realized that steel, like all other solid matter, is composed of chains of molecules specifically arranged. Well, then it was easy to understand, because even to steel, the old maxim regarding the length of a chain holds true. And it goes even farther than that. It applies to the strength of nations. Now, take our country, for example. We are admittedly a big and powerful nation, but we are no stronger than our weakest link. And the only way we can make certain to remain strong is to have no weak links. Now, prejudice and intolerance, if permitted to spread and grow in the United States, 
will destroy our strength by creating the weak link. Don't let that happen. If you love your country, and I'm sure you do, be on the alert. Guard against the weakening influence of prejudice, which sets neighbor against neighbor and destroys unity. Remember always that in unity, there is strength. And now, the adventures of Superman. In an effort to find and rescue John Higginson and Sir Alfred Mogridge, two world-famous scientists who are held prisoners by a group of internationally wanted criminals in a lost city under the sea, Clark Kent joined Private Detective Candy Myers and Scotland Yard Inspector Lansing in a raid on the undersea's hideout. Then, after tricking the criminals into sending up their diving bell, the only means of entry to the undersea city of wanted men, Kent and his friends entered the device and were halfway down when suddenly, without warning, it stopped. And a jeering voice on a loudspeaker called out, Now, coppers, we're going to show you you're not so smart. We've got you where we want you. And now you'd better start saying your prayers. Because this is turtles. For a moment, Kent, Candy, the inspector, and his men were shocked into stunned silence, during which the only sound was that of the wash of sea against the steel sides of the diving bell. Then Candy Myers, his eyes flashing, recovers his speech. Look, Kent, what's the matter with us? What are we standing here for? Why don't we do something? There's nothing we can do, Myers. What? I'm afraid the inspector's right, Candy. But we got to think of something. we got to try to do something or... Wait a minute. Where's that crook, Zillat? There he is, shaking so hard he can hardly stand up. Zillat, come here. Did you know this was going to happen? Of course he did. That's why he fought against getting into this diving bell with us. Isn't that so, Zillat? What difference does that make? You hide what Ripper said. Ripper? Is, is that Ripper Foy, the guy who's wanted for killing two cops in a jailbreak? Yeah, that's right. Jumping Jemima. Wait a minute. Does he know you're with us, Gillette? I, I don't know. Well, get on that intercommunication phone and tell him so. Yeah, tell him if he leaves us here to die, you go with us. That's right. Here, here's the speaker. Now go on, talk to him. I won't do no good. Go on, talk or I'll rip you apart with my bare hands. Hold everything. Now what? Listen, my joke. Sounds the a motors. They started the motors. Right, but holy not... smokes, holding us here was only a bluff to scare us. Don't be too sure of that, Kent. Why do you say that, Kent? Because we're not moving, either up or down. My word. Well, how can you tell? Look, look at the indicator. You're right, Kent. Then, then what's the meaning of that motor hum? I don't know, unless... Well, so that... long, coppers. This is it now. Hey, let me get that. Wait. I hope you guys like swimming. <laughs> I wonder what he means by that. I know. I know. I know what he's doing. What? Give me that phone. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait. wait. Let me talk to him. Tell us what... Let me talk to him before it's too late. Oh, heaven's sake, give him the phone quick. Okay, here. Ripper. Ripper, listen, it's me, Celeste. You hear me, Ripper? This is Pete Celeste. Celeste. Holy smokes, are the cops got you there with him? Yeah, yeah. Listen to me. That's too bad, Pete. No, no, Ripper, don't do it. Don't do it. Save your breath, Pete. It ain't gonna do you no good. No, Ripper, no. No, we can get him another way. You kill me, too. Too bad. But this is the best and safest way for the rest of us, Pete. And we ain't taking no chances on account of you. Wait, wait, give me a chance. All right, Pete, no do. <laughs> so long, you guys. He won't listen. He won't listen. Ah, uh, stop blubbering, you yelling crook, and tell us what he's got. Look. Up there. Where? Where? Okay, where? The hatch. It's opening. That's it. I knew that's what it was going to do. Jumping Jemima, the water's coming in. No, no, they couldn't. It must be a leak. That's no leak. It's pouring in. What do we do, Kent? What do we do? I, I, I don't know, Candy. I, I can't do nothing. We're trapped. And we're going to drown like rats. As his friends flounder around in the water that pours in from the opened hatch, Mark Kent thinking. 
Fast goes into action as Superman. Unnoticed in the confusion, he quickly snaps off the single light in the diving bell. And then, under cover of the pitch blackness that follows, leaps to the top of the steel sphere. What's going on? No time to do anything but close this hatch. At least save them all from drowning. There. Now to get back before they miss me. Water, stop pouring in. Uh-huh. The hatch must have been closed. Of course it was. Didn't you hear it slam shut? But why? Think they've had a change of art below? Sure. They must have got scared of what might happen if they knocked us off. Don't you think so, Ken? No, Kenny, I don't. What? What difference does it make? Why or how it happened? Just, just as long as... Right, old man, let's just be thankful it's closed. Right. Well, okay, I'm thankful. But what does it mean? Are they just playing with us? Trying to drive us crazy? Yeah. Yeah, that must be what they're trying to do. No. No, I think... Well, they're not going to do anything like that to Candy Myers. No, sir. Really, Myers? What do you suppose you can do about it? Hey, well, old man? I don't know, but I'm not going to sit here soaking up a lot of salt water until I'm driven to drink it. Now, wait, Candy. Those rats ain't going to play no cat and mouse game with me. Oh, they're not going to let me sit here to die. Wait, I'm going to attack the water hole. Candy. I'm going to get out of here if I have to claw my way out with my yes. fingernails. Uh, Candy. Candy's sitting around a week, wait, wait. Candy. Snap out of it, Candy. Oh, I... I'm sorry, Cat. That's all right. Forgive me, everybody. I I guess I blew my top. It's okay. Uh, forget it, old man. We understand. Well, what do we do now? Fearing the worst while hoping for the best, Clark Kent stands with Candy Myers, Inspector Lansing, and the Scotland Yard men, all of them in water up to their chests, waiting to see what will happen next. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Huddled together in the cramped quarters of the diving bell with water up to their chests, Clark Kent and his friends are suspended a mile beneath the surface of the ocean, trapped by the murderous inmates of the undersea's kingdom. For a while, each of them is silent, lost in contemplation of their impending doom. Then Inspector Lansing of Scotland Yard turns to Candy Myers. Well, Myers, we made a valiant try, but I'm afraid this is the end, eh? Sure looks like it's a me, Inspector. Oh, come on, you two. Don't give up yet. Well, stop trying to be a ray of sunshine, Kent. Face facts. He is right, Kent. We've nothing to look forward to. Except a slow death. No, I think we've got a pretty good chance of getting out of this alive. Oh, I see. Are you kidding? No, not at all. Now, look here, old man. I appreciate your optimism. But, but... see, I'm not buying any today. Now, look, I'm not just talking like this to sound cheerful. Look, Kent, what are you giving us? You know something you're keeping to yourself. No, no, not exactly. It's 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 just a hunch. Oh, just a hunch that if we're patient, we'll have a fighting chance. Go on. What makes you think so, Kent? Well, for one thing, those men in the Underseas Kingdom don't know the water has stopped coming in here. They don't? What? Well, didn't they close the hatch themselves? No, you see. Well, and who did? Well, uh... Great Jupiter. You you suppose that could have been accidental? Accidental? I mean, the water pressure or the... Sure, it could have been, but, well, that, that, that isn't important now. The fact remains, they don't know about it. So naturally, they'll expect us to be drowned soon. And then, when they bring the bell down there to drag our bodies out... Jump and Jemima will take them by surprise. Right. I say, this is a jolly prospect, isn't it? Yes. Now, look, I now, think... wait a minute. What, we... Wait a minute. Let's not get too excited about this. Why? Because I got a hunch, too. And my hunch says they're going to leave us hanging here till they're good and sure we're drowned. And by that time, we may be dead anyhow of suffocation. Ah, that is a possibility, by Jove. Vacant? Yes, yes, Inspector. I'm afraid it is. But, well, I don't know. Want to bet? <coughs> 
it be? Whose hunch will prove to be the right one? Mark Kent's or Candy Myers? Well, either way, it's a cinch. Superman won't just stand by and let his friends perish without trying something. But the question is, how can he possibly figure a way out of this predicament? Monday's exciting episode tells the story, gang, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for another thrill-packed chapter of Kingdom Under the Sea on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman is in his guise of Clark Kent, as with Candy Myers, Inspector Lansing, and a party of Scotland Yard men... He stands in a half-water-filled diving bell a mile beneath the surface of the sea, when suddenly it begins to move downward again. Hey, we're moving again. Why, Kent? Don't let the men of the undersea kingdom know there's any sign of life up here. What's the idea, Kent? They're taking the bell down because they think it's filled with water and that we've drowned. I get it. Then when we get down there, we'll give them what for, eh? Right, Inspector? Now, get set for action. Today, gang, I want to tell you something about scapegoating, which may be described as the art of making someone or something to blame so that the real culprit may go free. This idea began way back in the days of primitive civilization and worked something like this. Let's say an epidemic of cholera broke out in a tribe where sanitation and medical science were totally lacking. As usual, in cases like this, the people turned to the medicine men. They, in turn, lacking in the knowledge necessary to treat the disease, must think of something that will not reveal their helplessness. 
So they decide that angry, evil demons have cursed the people with an evil plague, and they swing into action. Drums begin to beat out a monotonous rhythm. The priests parade and dance wildly as they chant. Then they pull their prize stunt. They seize a young goat, and painting it red, proceed to drive it around the village, chanting and screaming as they run, in the hope that by so doing, they will drive the cholera demons into the body of the unfortunate goat, and thus save themselves from death. Finally, the terrified animal, pelted with stones, dies of multiple wounds and exhaustion, and the people, stupidly, believe that they are now forever rid of the disease. That gang is the origin of scapegoating, the attempt of an ignorant people to load their troubles on an innocent creature. Silly, isn't it? Of course it is. And yet that same ridiculous business of scapegoating is practiced today all over the world where human beings are the goats. You don't believe it? Well, just wait. In a little while, I'll tell you more. And now, the adventures of Superman. After tricking the inmates of a fantastic undersea hideout for wanted criminals into sending their ingenious diving bell to the surface, Clark Kent, Candy Myers, and a group of Scotland Yard men headed by Inspector Lansing climbed in and gave the signal to be drawn down. But, tipped off by one of their number who had come up with the bell, the criminals waited until it was halfway down, a mile under the surface, then stopped it and opened the hatch to let in the sea so that Kent and his party would be drowned. In the resulting confusion, Kent managed to go into action, and as Superman forced the hatch closed. Now, confident that all those in the diving bell are dead, the criminals are bringing it back down to their hideout under the ocean floor. How long does it take for this tin can to reach the bottom, Kent? Not long. We're almost there now, Candy. I say, old man. Please, Inspector, keep your voice down. Yeah. We want to make like we're dead, see? Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry. What happens when we hit the bottom, I wonder? The bell slips into a lock built into the roof of the undersea's kingdom. When it's in all the way, a watertight seal is created. That bottom opens, and there you are. Extraordinarily ingenious, what? And how? Say, how do you know all this, Kent? Huh? Some more of that X-ray vision stuff you were giving us once? Why, yes, Candy. Ah, oh, now, look. What? What was that? We've hit the bottom. The bell's sliding into its lock. Oh, boy, it won't be long now. Quiet, everybody. Don't want to spoil the surprise. Oh, baby, and what a surprise this is going to be. Slowly, the bottom of the huge steel bell yawns open. And as the occupants hold on to a handrail, the water pours out. Then, even before the drainage is complete, Candy Myers releases his hold and drops into a high stone-walled and stone-floored room, mysteriously illuminated with an eerie glow. He is closely followed by Inspector Lansing and his men, and Kent arrives a split second later to find them staring in amazement at the empty chamber. Hey... There's nobody here. My word, this is strange. Ah, I guess we don't rate a reception committee. Well, they must be around someplace, so let's go get away. I think I know. Grant Myers. What's the matter, Inspector? I, I don't know. I, what, what, what's going what's on the matter here? with all of you? Uh, I don't know. I feel usually queer. Hey, Inspector. Can I? I. Great Scott. They both passed out. The others are dropping like flies, too. I wonder what. Uh oh. I know now. Those rats turned off the air in here. It's beginning to get me, too. Well, this is a job, Superman. And it had better be done soon, or it'll be too late. Breathing with great difficulty in the airless atmosphere of the underground chamber, Superman strips off his street clothes. Then, working against time as his lungs strain for the absent oxygen, he throws himself again and again at a heavy oaken door. Not much... Time. Strength left. 
I've got to do it this time. No! chamber and locked themselves in here. The rats. Uh, but they certainly seem to have got what was coming to them. And how? What a going over you gave those babies, Superman. I'm sorry I missed it. Oh, my. By the way, old boy, how did you happen to get here? Just on time, too. Well, uh, uh, that's the question he never answers, Inspector. Uh, so don't bother to... Hey, where's Ken? Oh, don't worry about him. He's around somewhere. Good. And now that we got these chaps trussed up, I suggest we proceed to find Higginson and Sir Alfred. Wait, there's a man coming toward us. Oh, another one of those crooks. Get your hands up, you. Put, put your gun down, my ass. What? That's Sir Alfred Nogridge. Uh, hello, you chap. Hello, Sir Alfred. Good to see you again. How are you, sir? Splendid, old man. Splendid. Oh, it's quite a treat to see you again, Inspector. Particularly when I'd rather give up hope of ever regaining freedom, you know. We're all happy to have been able to arrange this rescue. By the way, may I present Mr. Candy Myers, an American private detective who's responsible for finding the clues that led us here? Uh, hiya. Glad to know you, your, uh, your lordship. My pleasure, Mr. Myers, I assure you. I can't tell you how grateful I am for all you've done. Ah, uh, Superman's the guy you really owe the thanks to, if any. If not for him, we'd all be dead pigeons by now. That's quite right, old man. Sir Alfred, I'd like you to meet... But I said, where is Superman? Uh-oh, he's done his quick fade-out act again. <laughs> well, that's just like him. Uh, by the way, what about John Higginson? Where is he? Poor John's a bit under the weather. You see, he was forced to install the air system here, and when they ordered him to turn it off in the reception chamber so that they could make certain you were not alive, he refused. So they gave him the works, huh? Yes, that's about it. Well, I'll get there. What's up, Candy? Oh, Ken, where have you been? Oh, looking around. Hey, I see the Underseas Kingdom gang is nicely trussed up. Yes, thanks to the Superman. Who is this gentleman, Inspector? Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Sir Alfred Mogridge, this is Clark Kent, an American newspaper man. He had much to do with helping us track down this place. Happy to meet you, Sir Alfred. I'm delighted, Mr. Kim. Uh, with the rest of your chaps get, have a look at this place. Well, that must wait until I see to the loading of these criminals into the diving bell. You know, the trip up. Yeah, I'd better give you and your men a hand with that, Inspector. We can look around later. There's no hurry. You chaps run along. Kent and I will go on and see Higginson. Well, come along, Myers. Right behind you, Inspector. Mr. Kent, I can't begin to tell you what it means to me and to Higginson, too, to have been found. I can well imagine, Sir Alfred. Now, if you come with me... Hey, Kent! Uh-oh, now what? Hey, come here, quick. Sounds a bit trouble. What's up, Candy? Uh, the, the diving pedal. Well, what about it? It's gone. Gone? Yeah, gone. The lock is empty. For a brief moment, Clark Kent stares unbelievingly at Candy Myers. Then, galvanizing into action, he rushes out to where a moment before the steel diving bell had rested and sees only an empty lock. What happens now? And now... Back to the adventures of Superman. In the underseas kingdom, two miles below the surface of the Atlantic Ocean, Clark Kent, Candy Myers, and Inspector Lansing have just discovered that the huge steel diving bell, only means of entering or leaving the fantastic submarine hideout, is gone. You see, Kent? It's gone. Listen. Do we hear a motor hum? Yes. That means it's on its way up. How did it get away? Who took it out? One of the criminals who wasn't with the others when I, uh, when Superman knocked them out. The bounder. Oh, wait a minute. 
Controls are down here. That's right. We can reverse the motors and bring it... Don't waste your time, coppers. Huh? Who's that? It's the man on the diving bell. That's right. Don't bother reversing the motors. Because if you do, I'll cut the cables and shoot to the top anyhow. He's right. You can do that. Why, he's bluffing. He won't do it. Oh, uh, no. Try me and see. Have you forced me to cut the cables? You guys are stuck down there forever. My word. Yeah, and if we don't stop him, he'll get to the top. Get a gun at our seaplane pilot and make him take off. That's right, by Joe. That would, that would leave us stranded, too. But good. Also, there's no guarantee that he won't cut the cables anyhow as soon as he gets to the top. Jemima, I never thought of that. So now it looks as if... Either way, we're trapped. <laughs> Yes, gang, it looks as if this time fate has dealt our friends a mortal blow. Because even though Superman can save himself by tearing his way out through the rock walls of the kingdom under the sea, how can he manage to save the others from certain death by drowning? Tomorrow's episode tells a dramatic story filled with suspense and packed with action, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, for the concluding chapter of Kingdom Under the Sea on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, still in his guise of Clark Kent, is with private detective Candy Myers and Scotland Yard Inspector Lansing in a vault-like room of the fantastic kingdom under the sea where they have just found themselves trapped with no means of exit. What will we do, Kent? What will we do? Easy, Candy. Don't lose your head. Yeah, that's easy to say, but you know the diving bell is the only way to get out of this place. Yes, but and I now it's gone. We're liable to stay down here forever. Inspector Lansing's right. We're going to stay here till we rot. Maybe not. What, uh, what do you mean? I've got an idea. Come on, follow me. Down through the ages, history and science tell us, the peoples of the Earth always suffered an adventurous sort of wanderlust that made them travel all over the globe. But it always took great courage and stamina for them to go where no human being had ever been before, to speak in places that had never heard a human voice, and to walk on Earth that had never felt a human footstep. America was once a place like that. Our own country was once a land on which there was nothing human. There were only animals, insects, reptiles, and birds. And then one day, people came. No one knows just how people got here. Some think they came from the land we now call Siberia, and it's a good guess that they crossed over from Siberia to America on the ice. 
You see, the Bering Straits, which is the water that separates Siberia from Alaska, has been known to freeze hard enough so that people can walk all the way across from one land to another. So these people, who were strong enough and brave enough to come over the ice, became the first human beings to set foot on the continent of America. Thousands of years later, Columbus came here and found those people whom he called Indians. Those Indians were the first Americans. Well, that gang means that technically all modern Americans except Indians are foreigners because everybody else came here from other lands after the Indians were already here. But actually all of us from all countries and of all colors and religions, no matter when our ancestors happen to come here, are Americans because America is our home, the home of the brave and the land of the free. Let's keep it that way. And now, the adventures of Superman. After tricking their way into the fantastic hideout for criminals up the floor of the ocean, Candy Myers, Inspector Lansing, and his squad of Scotland Yard men were rendered unconscious when the air was shut off from the room into which they entered. But Clark Kent, as Superman, smashed open a door and subdued the band of criminals. Then they found John Higginson, an American scientist, and Sir Alfred Mogridge, a famous British physician, both of whom were being held prisoner. They were about to return to the giant flying boat that waited on the surface to take them and their catch back to London when Candy Myers discovered that one of the criminals whom they had overlooked had gone up with the diving bell. And since that was the only means of exit, Candy is certain this is the end. Let's face it, men, we're cooked, but good. I'm afraid you're right, Myers. Now, wait, if you two will stop being so busy giving up, I'll tell you how I think we can beat this situation. Huh? Are you serious, Ken? Of course I am. Well, for Pete's sake, man, give. What's cooking in your noggin? Come with me and I'll show you. Look at that. What's that? Jumping Jemima, a torpedo tube. That's right. I w- what would a torpedo tube be doing down here? Well, I'm not sure, but my well, guess is... Well, what's the difference? It's here. But where does it get us? The shell case of a torpedo is big enough to hold me. So we take the warhead off one of them, I get in the case, you place it in the tube, and then you shoot me out, see? Are you nuts? Why, you'll be killed, man. Nonsense. I tell you, this is a perfectly workable and reasonably safe idea. Now, come on, let's get to work on one of these torpedoes. Shell's properly placed in the firing tube and all set to go. Now, as soon as I crawl in, Candy, you screw the cap back on, close the tube door, and fire. Now, wait a minute. I still think the whole idea is wacky. But, but if I... anybody's going to take a chance on it, it'll be me. Oh, now, look. Not you... on your life, old man. I insist on taking the risk first. Well, for... after your all, father's I... mustache. Out of my way. No, no, Candy. The concussion will be too much for either of you. Yeah? What makes you so concussion-proof? You ain't super. Man, you know. All right, now, wait a minute. We're wasting precious time with all this Alphonse and Gaston stuff. There's only one way to settle it. Here. Here's a piece of string, Inspector. Break it into three lengths and hold them in your hand. Whoever draws the longest one gets the job, okay? So. Very sporting. Now, remember, Kent, no reneging. If I get the longest string, you won't try to talk me out of it. Well, of course not, Candy. Here we are. Now, who draws first? Let me ask. Since this was my idea, I'll draw first. And this is it. Okay, now let me draw one. Wait, no use either of us drawing, Myers. Huh? Why? Because Kent's drawn the longest one by Joe. Oh, jumping Jemima, he gets the brass ring first try. Better luck next time. Well, here I go into the shell. So long, fellas. See you soon. So long. And good luck. Best, old man. Very best. Thanks. Okay, close it up now. Let her go. If he knew I deliberately took the long string, which I could see in Lansing's hand, I had to do it because this is a job for Superman. Now, 
All set now. Here I go. Jammed into the narrow confines of the torpedo shell, Superman waits only until the missile is propelled through its tube and into the ocean. Then, smashing the strong metal case as if it were an eggshell, the man of steel streaks up through the icy waters and out into the sky. There he hovers, suspended for a moment, until his keen eyes spot the diving bell as it surfaces. Then, like a red and blue rocket, he plummets down to the hatch atop the huge metal sphere. Now to open the hatch and surprise that thug inside the bell. Who and what to you, brother? Move over, you're getting company. Now, you stay where you are. Put that gun down. Now, you stay where you are, I'll shoot. Don't waste your bullets. All right, are you satisfied? Now, put it down. Now. Now! Well, you're being a nuisance. Uh, uh, I have to put you to sleep like that. Sorry to be so rough, but it couldn't be helped. Now I'd better get on that intercom phone and report to Candy as Clark Kent. Ahoy, the Underseas Kingdom! Ahoy, the Underseas Kingdom! Clark Kent reporting! All me down! Lowered to the Underseas hideout, Superman, again in his guise of Clark Kent, is enthusiastically received by his friends. And a short time later, he and Candy Myers, together with John Higginson, Sir Alfred Mogridge, Inspector Lansing, and his men, load the manacled criminals into the diving bell. Rising once more to the surface, they board the huge RAF flying boat and take off for London. In the plane, Higginson tells them about the city under the sea. But what gets me, Mr. Higginson, is how did those crooks get wise to the Underseas Kingdom? Well, during a visit to London, Masterson, the man who discovered it, met a man named Burton. Oh, yes, Cecil Burton. Unfortunately, spoke too much. And uh, this Burton chap forced him to find the place? Yes, Inspector. Burton financed the search and holding Masterson prisoner forced him, practically at gunpoint, to engineer the drilling of an entrance and the installation of the diving bell. My word. Then when Masterson contracted pneumonia and died, Burton had me abducted and forced me to install air conditioning, artificial lightning, and so forth, and using the power of the sea to drive turbines. Oh, brother, what a story I've got for the Daily Planet. I can hardly wait to tell Jim Olsen about this. Within a few hours, the seaplane puts down near London. Candy and Kent take leave of their friends, and hopping a taxi go directly to the hospital where they had left Jimmy Olsen to recover from Burton's attempt to poison him. But to their surprise, they were told that the cub reporter had checked out the night before, leaving a note for Kent. Outside, Candy waits anxiously as Kent rips an envelope open. Funny, I can't understand why Jim would leave before we got back. Well, hurry up and read that note. Okay. Well, I'll be... What is it, Kent? Get this. Jim is sore because we went off and left him. Don't tell me he went to Metropolis alone. That's exactly what he did do, Candy. He took off on the clipper this morning. Oh, boy. You are marked strictly from hunger with that kid from now on. Oh, no. I'll explain to him. He'll understand. Yeah, by the time you get back there, he'll be burning like a three-alarm fire. I'll be there to meet him when he arrives. That'll pull him off a bit. You'll be there to... Hey, how are you traveling? By rocket? Well, something like that. So long, Candy. See you soon. Hey, Kent. Hey, where are you going? Hey! Ducking into stream of traffic, Kent is soon out of Candy's sight. Then, strolling into a secluded alley, he strips off his street clothes and, as Superman, rockets up into the sky. Seconds later, the Man of Steel is hurtling out over the Atlantic Ocean, bound for Metropolis. And a shocking surprise that spells great danger to him personally. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Arriving back in Metropolis ahead of the clipper bearing Jimmy Olsen, Superman, again in his guise of reporter Clark Kent, decides to go first to his apartment to freshen up and change his clothes. 
But as he walks into his bedroom, he sees something that makes his blood turn momentarily to ice. Great Scott! What, what happened here? Quickly, he strides to the open door of a secret closet built in his wall. And when he looks inside, his face pales. Oh, no. If, if this is what I think it is, I, I'm in serious trouble. Almost running to the telephone near his bed, he dials a number with nervous fingers. And when a voice at the other end answers, Kent blurts out. Bruce, Batman, this is Kent. Yes, I, I'm in a bad spot, Bruce. I need your help badly. Please come over here. Right away. What has happened that has so upset the man of steel? You'll find out tomorrow, gang, when we bring you the first suspenseful episode of a new and exciting story. So don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station, for chapter one of a thrilling new story on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted picture appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, sensing great danger to something important to his welfare, calls on his famous friend Batman for aid. I need your help, Batman. I'm in trouble. You? Superman? In trouble? Yes, I'm in serious trouble and great danger. Will you help me? Of course you know I will. But I don't understand. What's wrong? Well, someone has discovered my secret. What do you mean? Someone has found out that I, Superman, am also Clark Kent. Uh-oh. Stay put, Superman. I'll join you in a few minutes. You know, gang, often at the zoo, you'll see people pointing at a monkey and laughingly say... See that little guy over there? Well, he's my 32nd cousin. And even though that is a rather corny and time-worn gag, it seldom fails to get a chuckle out of those within earshot. And yet, it may not be completely a laughing matter. Learned men, particularly the famous Clarence Darwin, have proven, at least to their own satisfaction, that modern man has developed from the monkey. Well, be that as it may, I certainly am not qualified to argue with experts on either side. But I'm kind of inclined to go along with a scientific explanation of the biblical story, which tells us that the world was once peopled by only two human beings, Adam and Eve, who lived in a place described by the Bible as the Garden of Eden, and located by scientists as somewhere in Asia. Now, starting from there, grew the many different people who today populate the earth. And accepting that fact, we must draw the conclusion that all of us, white, yellow, and black, descended from common ancestors who lived in an age long before history began to be chronicled. 
Before the formation of races, religions, and nations, that makes us all what you might call 32nd or 64th cousins. It makes us all brothers under the skin. It proves that all men were created equal, and that no man should suffer the persecution of bigotry and prejudice because, by the will of the Creator, his physical characteristics differ somewhat from yours. For, as the famous Scottish poet Robert Burns puts it, a man's a man for a that. So remember always to judge a man by his character and nothing else. And now, the adventures of Superman. Following his exciting adventure in the underseas kingdom, Superman returned to his apartment in Metropolis where he lives disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered and bespectacled reporter. But when he entered his apartment, he received the shock of his life. Then, as soon as he could collect his wits, he hastily summoned his close friend, the famous Batman, the only person in the world who was aware of Superman's double identity. And when Batman arrived in his guise of Bruce Wayne, Kent repeated, Someone has found out that I, Clark Kent, am really Superman. What? You're kidding. Oh, if only I were, Bruce. Well, who is it? I don't know. Someone got into my apartment while I was gone and learned my secret. How could anyone find out you were Superman by merely breaking into your apartment? Look at that. Look at what? You see this wall panel? It's set on a track. And when it's closed, like this, there's no way of telling there's a closet behind the panel. Oh, yes, I remember you telling me about it. Uh-huh. You keep a spare Superman costume in there, don't you? That's right. When I got back here a half hour ago, I found the panel open like this. And my spare Superman costume was gone. Uh-oh. That means somebody else besides you and me is aware of my double identity. Now, wait, Clark. This may not be as bad as you think. Are you kidding? If this person, whoever he is, doesn't choose to reveal this information but keeps it to himself, I'll never know another comfortable moment. Why, he'll be able to trap me, trap me, drive me crazy. Grant, but has it occurred to you that maybe this person who got in here may not know you're Superman? Not know? When he took my costume? Well, he may have been a sneak thief and not realized what it was. Oh, nice. He might have thought it was a masquerade costume. Cut it out, Bruce. You don't believe that any more than I do. Anyhow, it wasn't a sneak thief. How do you know? Because nothing else is missing. Are you sure? Positive. There was a valuable watch, some cufflinks, and a set of pearl evening studs right here in my dresser drawer, and they're still here. Mm-hmm. None of my suits or overcoats were taken from my closet either. So it wasn't any sneak thief. No, it must have been someone who became suspicious somehow that I was Superman, got in here, and proved it to his own satisfaction. Well, I must admit it does look that way to me, too. Oh, what do I do, Bruce? I can't call the police because if I tell them my costume is missing, they'll know who I am. That's right. We've got to handle this ourselves, Clark. And we've got to work fast. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks. I, I was hoping you'd say that because I really need your help. For once, I... I don't know where to start. I, I'm pretty upset. I, I know how you feel. Now, look. Have you talked to the building superintendent? No. You think maybe he's the one? No, but he might have seen somebody loitering around. That's an idea. Come on. We'll go down and have a talk with Mr. Johnson. I didn't hear any robberies in the building while you was away. Did you notice anything suspicious, Johnson? Anybody loitering, loitering around the place? No, Mr. Wayne. I'd have called the police right off if I did. Something missing from your apartment, Mr. Kent? Yes, there is. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Did you call the police? Uh, no, I, I didn't call the police. Well, I'll call them if you want me to. No, no, don't bother. Well, if there's something stolen... Well, I'd prefer to just forget the whole thing, Mr. Johnson. Well, just as you say, Mr. Kent. Thanks. Come on, Bruce. Let's go back to my apartment. There you are, Bruce. What Johnson told us confirms my suspicion that whoever was here came here to confirm his belief that I am Superman. Maybe. But let's try it from another angle, Clark. Did you ever before have reason to believe that somebody suspected your double identity? Yes, there are two people. Who are they? One is Herbert Calkins, the Scotland Yard detective who almost proved I was Superman, you remember? Oh, yes. I'll never forget. 
that. Yeah, well, I... But we definitely convinced him he was wrong, didn't we? Well, I'm not so sure now. I am. Rule him out. Who's the other person? Lois Lane. Lois Lane? Are you kidding? Not at all. She almost had the goods on me half a dozen times. I think I've managed to talk or laugh her out of it. I'm not sure she's completely... Say, wait a minute. What now? I just remember Jim has a key to my apartment. Jim Olson? Yes. I gave him one last month when I wanted to keep him and Freddy the Midget undercover. Just occurred to me he never returned it. And you think he might have become suspicious? Let himself in here and found the secret closet? Well, anything's possible. Oh, now, look here. I think that's stretching it a bit, don't you? Oh, confound it, Bruce. I'm so upset. I, I don't know what to think. Well, take it easy, John. But this, this is... is a bad time to get the jitters. Look, I'll give Robin a ring and have him hop up here with our fingerprint outfit. And we'll go over this place and see if we can pick up anything. Good idea. While you two work here, I'll run over to the Daily Planet. Want to put Jim on the pan? Yes, and Lois, too, and, and, and everybody. I, I won't be able to rest until I find out who knows my secret and, and what he's going to do about it. Oh, I'll, I'll see you later. Leap the lizards. Mr. King. What's the matter? Why the great surprise? Well, I just... Listen, how'd you get here? How do you suppose? Well, you must have flown. What do you mean, flown? Oh, gee whiz, there's no other way you could have gotten here so fast. Why do you say that, Jim? Well, I called up your apartment before you came in just now. I talked to your friend Bruce Wayne, and he said you'd left just that minute. How could you get all the way over here so fast? Oh, so that's all it is. Well, what is? Uh, never mind, skip it. Well, skip what? How could you get here so fast? Well, when Bruce said I'd just left, he might have meant that I'd left a few minutes ago. Yeah, I suppose uh, so. Look, Jim, remember when little Freddy was here, I gave you a key to my apartment? A key? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah. Have you still got it? Oh, sure. I... Well, no, I haven't. You haven't? Where is it? Well, well, let me think. You didn't lose it, did you? No, I gave it to somebody. You gave it to somebody? Uh-huh, before I went to London to join you and Candy Myers. Well, why? Well, I didn't want to risk losing the key, so I gave it to... To... Cena. Oh, yeah. Tell me, who was it? Miss Lane. Lois? Uh-huh. I told her to keep it for you. She... Say, what's the matter, Mr. Kent? I... Well, you're white as a sheet, and, and you're trembling. Are you sick? I, I, I don't feel very well. Oh, well, here, sit down. I'll get you some water. No, wa water won't help, Jim. I, I've got to find out. Get it over with. Find what out? Get what over I've with? got to see Lois. Here goes. His shoulders wet, but his face pale. Mark Kent walks across the city room to the office of Lois Lane. What will he learn from her? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Suspecting the worst, Clark Kent has entered the office of Lois Lane, who, as she sees him, swiftly rips a page from her typewriter, slips it under a pile of manuscript on her desk, and looks up, a gleam of triumph in her eyes. Hello, Clark. What's on your mind? Hi. Oh, I'd like to know what's on your mind, Lois. Why, what makes you think there's anything on my mind? Well, I can tell. You can look right through my skull and see. Hmm? What do you mean by that? Oh, now, look, what is this, the third degree? Stop playing games, Lois. I've got to know. You've got to know what? If you... Uh, I mean... Uh, well, you're up to something, Lois. I can see it in your face. <laughs> is that so? Yes. When I came in here, you tore a page out of your typewriter and slipped it under that pile of papers. Now, what were you writing? Well, it uh, may have been uh, a letter. Yes, it may have been. I don't think it was. You think it was a story? I do. A page one story? Look, Lois, Maybe you... a great big scoop for page one? Maybe one of the biggest scoops this paper or any other paper ever had? Lois, if you don't stop being coy... Who's I... being coy? I mean it. You mean what? I have got terrific scoop, Brother Kent, but really terrific. What? What is it? Just wait till you see, Clark. Just wait. It'll not only knock your eyes out, but I can tell you that you'll never be the same again. Never. 
gripping the desk so fiercely that his steel fingers dent the wood. Mark Kent stares into the smiling, triumphant face of Lois Lane. Does the girl reporter know that he, Clark Kent, is Superman? Did she discover the secret closet and the spare costume? And does she now intend to reveal Superman's precious secret to the world? There are thrills and more than one stunning surprise in tomorrow's exciting episode, boys and girls, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 2 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, which is a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Clark Kent, fearful that girl reporter Lois Lane has discovered that he is Superman, is even more certain when he hears her say... Just wait until you see my page one story in today's planet, Clark. It'll knock your eyes out. What story, Lois? You'll find out, and I promise you, Clark, after you see it, you'll never be the same again. You know, gang, there's always one fellow or girl in the neighborhood who's looked up to by all the others. He knows the score. And it's a safe bet that most people look up to such a fella, not so much for what he knows, but for the things he does. 
His ability to get along with all boys and girls in town, no matter what their race, religion, or nationality. His friendliness and warmth. These are the qualities that set him head and shoulders above everyone else. Well, gang, here are some pointers that might help you become the leader of your neighborhood. They've been tried many times and proven true. Check your own actions against these questions, scoring one point for each yes and nothing for each no. Answer honestly. If your total score is three or less, then you'd better get on the ball and change your ways. If your total is four or five points, then you're about average. But if your score is six or seven, then, brother, you know the score. Now, here's question number one. Are you interested in lots of things? For instance, if one of the boys in the block is keen on machinery, can you talk to him about it or listen to him while he explains a special type of machine to you? Or if another fellow is all wrapped up in stamp collecting or chemistry, ever take time out to ask him about it? We know some guys who are interested in sports and absolutely nothing else. Anybody who isn't interested in sports, they call a bookworm. But the guy who knows the score also knows that people are interested in lots of different things. And he should be, too. So question number one is, are you interested in many things? Well, think that over. And a little later in the program, we'll give you the other six questions. So keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Superman returned yesterday to the apartment he occupies as reporter Clark Kent, he received the shock of his life. For there he found that a secret panel which concealed a hidden closet in his bedroom was open. And that a spare Superman costume which he kept there was gone. Realizing that someone beside himself and his friend Batman was now aware of his double identity, Kent summoned Batman to his aid and then hurried to the Daily Planet to question cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, who had been in possession of a key to his apartment. Jimmy said he had given the key to Lois Lane. And when Kent entered the girl reporter's office, he became convinced that she now possessed his great secret. For Lois, who had almost stumbled on it on several occasions in the past, was now glowing with gleeful triumph. Oh, brother, have I got you over a barrel, Clark. You should tell me what you're talking about, Lois. Oh, not a chance. Well, maybe I can guess. You can? Yes. Before Jim joined me in London, he gave you the key to my apartment, didn't he? That's right, but what's that got and to Now do? you say that when your story comes out, I'll never be the same again. Well, yes, but I still don't Look, see... Lois, do me a favor. Please don't publish that story. What? Don't turn it in. Tear it up. Forget all about it. Clark, are you mad? I was never more sane in my life. Now I beg you, Lois, don't turn that story in. If you do, it'll do me tremendous harm. Do you harm? Yes, I, I, I would be half as valuable. You ought to be able to see that. Well, I... all the... God. No, please, Lois, do as uh, I ask. Unmitigated nerve. This takes the case. Lois, listen. You see the Yes, whole... I see, all right. You can get scoop after scoop after scoop, and that's okay. Oh, oh yes, that's fine. Everybody bows down Look, to you, Lois. the great reporter. But when I get one scoop, I'm supposed to tear it up. It might lower your prestige. What? You're the only one around here who's supposed to get scoops. Hey, wait a minute. Why, the next thing I know, you'll be objecting to my taking a byline on a story. No, no, Lois, look. What I, I want... knew you had a swelled head, Clark, but this, this... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Will you wait? You. Just what is this story you're talking about? It's about our boss, Perry White, being drafted for the presidential nomination, of course. Oh, well, of course you... What? Are you kidding? Of course I'm not kidding. Perry, I got what? the information this morning, and only I got the it. The chief? That the leaders of one of the major political parties have practically decided to draft the chief for the presidential nomination. <laughs> well, I'll be... He's attracted <laughs> national attention with his government as a reform mayor of Metropolis, and they think he'll have a chance to be president. And you asked me not to print that story. Oh, boy, was I way off base. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? What are you laughing at? Oh, and I practically told you, too. Tell me what... Oh, Claude, you make me so furious. <laughs> Will you please tell me what you're laughing about? 
That's right. What am I laughing about? What? Just because it isn't you. As a matter of fact, it might be better if it had been you. Doctor, are you all right? At least I'd know who it was then, and, and I know it wasn't a dangerous criminal. Doctor, do you feel quite well? Frankly, Lois, I never felt worse in my life. Ah, oh, I knew there was something wrong with you. Now, you just sit right where no, you are, no. Clark. I'm going to call the oh, doctor. Now, don't be silly. A doctor can't help me. I've got to find out. Say, wait a minute. The key. What about the key? What key? The key to my apartment, the one Jim left with you. To whom did you give it? Or, or did you lose it? I didn't give it to anyone, and I didn't lose it. Oh, well, and then where is it's it? It's right here in my desk. Are you sure? Certainly. Here it is. Yes, that's my key, all right. Thanks, Lois. Clark, what is the matter with you? All this fuss about a key and the strange things that you're saying don't make any sense. Well, uh, and when I told you the chief might be drafted for the presidency, you just laughed. There must be something wrong with you. Plenty wrong, Lois, but I can't tell you about it. I- I'm going back to my apartment now. Batman and Robin might have turned up something. Batman and Robin? What have they I've got? I've got to rush. So long, Lois. Batman, I know now that neither Jim nor Lois discovered the secret closet, so they haven't found out who I really am. You sure of that, Clark? Positive. But who did? I've got to know. Somebody may be setting a trap for me at this very instant. Now, I... take it easy, chum. Robin and I may have turned up something. No kidding, have you? Well, we've been dusting your apartment here for fingerprints, you know. Uh-huh. Hoping whoever made off with your costume might have left his calling card. Well, did, did, did you find anything? Well, this could be. we got three sets of prints on the panel of your secret closet. Three sets? Uh-huh. One is undoubtedly yours, and one could be mine. I remember taking hold of the panel. But there's a third set beside. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's get down to police headquarters and see if we can find out who belongs to that third now, set. wait a minute. Robin is in there lifting the prints off the panel now. He's an expert at that stuff. Oh. How are you coming, Robin? Okay, be with you in a sec, Mr. Kent. Right, hurry it up, will you? Now, these prints may pay off, Clark, but don't count on it. Because some perfectly innocent person may have touched the panel. The cleaning woman, for instance. Yeah, I know, I know. But I've got my fingers crossed, Batman. You and I both. Here they are, gents. All the pretty little fingerprints. Oh, swell, Robin. Now, if we're all set... Come on, let's hop down to police headquarters. We're right on two sets of prints, Batman. One of them's yours and the other's Kent. I was sure of that, Sergeant Healy, but I don't... What about the third set, Sergeant? Do they match any in your files? Yeah, I guess the answer to the $64 question. Anderson, our fingerprint expert, is checking on that third set now. He'll call me as soon as he knows. Oh. Look, uh, what's this all about? Well, uh, it's uh, confidential, Sergeant. Do you mind? What good would it do me if I did mind, Batman? I know you wouldn't open up. (laughs) How right you are. Maybe that's Anderson now, Sergeant. Ah, we'll see. Inspector's office, Sergeant Healy speaking. Oh, yeah, Andy, what do you got? It's Anderson. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What? Are you sure? What well, is it? Well, I... The same guy. What same guy? Wait, Robert. That's what I want to know. And I'll find out. Right, Andy. So long. What did Anderson say, Sergeant? Did he identify those prints? I'll say he identified them. And there's something screwy here. Something very screwy. His face angry and perplexed. Sergeant Healy glares at Clark Kent, Batman, and Robin. What does he mean? And who has been identified as the owner of the mysterious fingerprints found on Kent's secret closet? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. At Metropolis Police Headquarters, Sergeant Healy of Inspector Henderson's staff has just received a report on a mysterious set of fingerprints found on the panel of a secret closet in Clark Kent's apartment. Now, glaring at Kent, Batman, and Robin, Healy demands an explanation. Now, look, you guys, before I do any talking, you've got to come clean with me. Because there's something very screwy here. What do you mean, Sergeant? Where did you and Batman get that set of fingerprints, Kent? Why, well, I, I guess we can tell you that. In my apartment. Your apartment? That's right. Somebody stole my... 
Uh, uh, somebody stole something from the apartment, and, and we're, we're trying to trace him. Well, Kent, you didn't report a robbery. Well, I, I know I didn't. I just returned to Metropolis today, and when I got to my apartment, I discovered that my uh, discovered that, that, that I'd been robbed. That checks, then. What, uh, what do you mean? The guy who left those prints is Willie Snyder. The next car was seen in the alley behind your apartment building just before noon. Hey, next car? You mean... Yeah. This Willie Snyder, the next car who violated his parole, was stopped by Officer Robinson in the alley behind your apartment building, Kent. Just before noon today. He had a bundle rolled up under his arm. Robinson said looked like a fancy dress getup of some sort. That's it, Clark. What is and it? Never mind, Robin. Well, go, go on, Sergeant. What happened? Well, was this man Snyder arrested? Well, Officer Robinson started to arrest him, but Snyder pulled a gun on him. Uh-oh. Robinson went for his own gun, but Snyder shot first. He got Robinson in the leg. Robinson went down, but he emptied his gun into Snyder as the rat was running away. You mean he, he killed Snyder? We don't know. We haven't been able to find him. What? But you said Robinson emptied his gun into him. How he could he get sure away? he hit him at least twice. But this Snyder must be an iron man. He kept on going down the alley, staggering and falling, Robinson says, and he got away. Christopher Columbus, a man as badly wounded as that couldn't go far. That's what we figured, Kent. But the shooting happened just before noon. It's past six o'clock in the evening now. We've been combing the city, but we haven't been able to find Heidner or Willie Snyder. That, Kent, puts you in one sweet spot. Willie Snyder, a murderous ex-convict who apparently possesses the secret of Superman's double identity, has escaped the police, even though badly wounded. Where is this man? Is he still alive? And if he is, to what purpose will he put his knowledge? We'll find out more about Willie Snyder in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So don't fail to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 3 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this time. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, 
Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, realizing that he is in great danger, Superman makes daring plans with his friend, the famous Batman. Dead or alive, Batman, we've got to find that man at once. Tonight. You mean that ex-con Willie Snyder? Yes. I'm sure he knows I'm Clark Kent. And unless he's prevented from revealing his information, my whole career, my very life, is in danger. Gang, can you imagine what kind of a crazy world this would be if everybody looked alike? If, for instance, all boys had freckles, bug noses, and red hair, and all girls had pink cheeks, blue eyes, and blonde pigtails? Well, life couldn't be duller, or more confusing for that matter. Why, just suppose that the greatest hero in baseball comes to visit your town. You and the gang rush down to the depot to meet him, and you're right up in front there watching for him and waiting for your hero to step down from the train. Suddenly, you think you see him. You let out a great cheer of welcome. And then you discover it's only the druggist from the next block returning from a trip to the country. But he looks just like the greatest hero in baseball, so how are you to know? Well, the only way you could tell the great baseball hero from any other guy is if he wore a sign that says, Baseball Hero. Well, that's the mess we'd be in if all of us looked alike. We'd all have to wear nameplates for identification. Well, nature has made it much easier for us by giving us lots of differences to spot. Some of us have blonde hair, others red hair, others black, and still others have one of several shades of brown hair. And the same goes for eyes and the shapes of our noses. There are blue, brown, gray, and green eyes, and pug noses, straight noses, flat, pointed, hooked, long, short, and uppity other kinds of noses. There are a million and one different things that nature has generously given us so that we can tell each other apart without the necessity for wearing identification tags. So for giving us different colors, sizes, and shapes, we owe nature a vote of thanks. <laughs> Now, the adventures of Superman. Up until now, only one person in all the world, the famous Batman, was aware that Clark Kent, the mild-mannered reporter, and Superman were one and the same person. But now, Superman fears that another man, an ex-convict named Willie Snyder, is in possession of his secret. This startling fact was discovered by Superman when, returning to the apartment he occupies as Clark Kent, he found wide open a movable wall panel behind which he kept a spare costume and the costume stolen. Batman and Robin discovered Snyder's fingerprints on the panel. And a short time later, Sergeant Healy revealed that the ex-convict was intercepted by a police officer in the alley behind Kent's apartment house. What happened to Snyder when he tangled with the policeman, Sergeant? Robinson, the police officer, was shot in the leg. But he sure he hit Snyder at least twice because he heard him scream. Just the same, Snyder got away. How long ago was this, Sergeant? Uh, just before noon, Batman. Well, it's 6.30 now. That means he's been missing over six hours. That's right, Kent. During that time, we've searched every inch of the neighborhood. We looked in all the dives, contacted every doctor in Metropolis. Found neither hide nor hair of the guy. That's strange. Yes, a wounded man shouldn't be able to get very far. Well, that's what we figure, too. Somehow, Snyder's managed to give us the slip. So far. Well, we've got to find him right away. Don't worry, we'll find him. No small fry crook can... It out successfully from us, Fallon. We know that, but we've got to find him before he can do some real damage. What do you mean by that, Matt? Skip it. Look, you say Snyder violated his parole, so he must have a picture of it. Sure. We've got a wanted notice with his picture on it right here. Oh, that's Snyder, eh? Hey, I've seen this man before. You have, Clark? Sure. 
He was part of a gang I helped to round up a couple of years ago. You helped round up? Oh, yes. Oh, I, I mean, uh, Superman did that. I, I, I covered the story. Well, that makes more sense. Slender, middle height, about 155 pounds, squint in left eye, speaks in high nasal whine. Think you'll recognize him if you see him, Batman? Leave it to me, Clark. Let's go, then. We'll check with you later, Sergeant. <laughs> on that alley entrance, Batman. And I stripped down to my Superman outfit. Well, what are you going to do? Going back to where Willie Snyder was last seen and look for him there. Where? He went for the Batmobile. He'll be here soon. Well, I can't wait. It's just possible that Snyder is hiding out near the scene of the shooting, you know, waiting for it to get dark and for the police to leave the neighborhood. Could be. He's still alive. On the chance that he is, I've got to nail him before he makes use of his knowledge that I'm Clark Kent or reveals it to others. Because if that happens, I'm a goose. See you later, Batman. Right. Robin and I will join you out there. Okay. Up! Up and away! This is your Daily Planet radio report, bringing you the 7 o'clock news. Metropolis. Although believed to be seriously wounded, Willie Snyder, the ex-convict who shot a police officer shortly before noon today, has so far managed to escape capture. Inspector Henderson urges all citizens to be on the lookout for Snyder and to call the police at once if you see. Snyder is 36. Yeah, okay, uh, you remember Willie Snyder, don't you, Peggy? Yeah, the dope. Yeah, only a dope would shoot a cop. Now all the cops is looking for him. Poor Willie had more brains than that. If he had brains, he wouldn't have gone to the big house. He's a two-time loser, ain't he? Ah, just once. Well, even once makes him a jerk. Oh, I don't know, Peggy. Look at Mike Hickey. He's up to the big house. you got to admit, he's got brains. Why, he used to run the whole city. Yeah. And now Perry White's running. White and his punk reform crowd. They're starving us to death. Yeah, it sure made so good no more, is it? Terrible. White jammed the lid down so tight in this town without a business, that's what. You said it. Not only that, I can hardly go outside with what some nosy dick from Inspector Henderson's office is looking me over. Remember how in the old days you could spit in a text eye? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Chopin, I'd leave Metropolis flat. I only just think so easy to crack another big city. And another thing, Perry White can't live forever, you know. Forget that. Your life wouldn't be worth a nickel if you're trying to get white. You cleaned up the police force, the DA's office, the courts, everything. I would just think of some angle. Ah, you'll take a one, Piggy. Well, I'd better have. I want to stay out at the poorhouse. Look, uh, Chopin, uh, play me something, huh? It helps me to think. Yeah, yeah, sure. What'll it be? Boogie? Boogie, you're right. I don't care. Okay, just relax, Piggy. Here comes. That's okay, Peggy. Uh, that's fine. Just keep on playing. Uh, you know me. I can play all day and all night. You have to gab all the time, too. Okay, I won't say a word. Uh, that's nice. Uh, see who it is, Chopin. Yes, okay. Well, hurry up. Okay, okay, I'm coming. Tell that fool already is to stop ringing. Stop ringing, that's your play. Holy cats. Biggie, look who it is. Who? What dirt? Willie Snyder, that's who it is. It's Willie Snyder. Startled, the men called Biggie and Chopin stare at Willie Snyder, who, ghastly pale and panting, supports himself against the door frame, clutching a blood-stained blue and red garment under his arm. This is what Superman feared. Now what will happen? And now, back to the adventures of Superman.
Willie Snyder, the ex-convict who left his fingerprints in Superman's apartment, has appeared badly wounded at the door of Big Conroy, a racketeer chieftain, and his henchman, a piano player whom he calls Chopin. After dragging the wounded man into his home, Conroy asks... What are you doing here, Snyder? I... I gotta see you, Biggie. I got something big. Yeah, what is it, Willie? Shut up, Chopin. Now, look, Snyder, you gotta get out of here. You're hot. Every cop in town is looking for you. I know, I know, but you gotta listen to me. No, beat it. I got enough trouble without you jamming me up with the cops. Go on, I'll scram. No, no, listen. Throw him out, Chopin. Oh, wait a minute, will you, Piggy's Wait, he's right there. Oh, what do I care? Mayor White and Inspector Anderson have been picking on our necks to get something on me. Oh, if this jerk is from here, I'm a dead duck. But, Piggy, you gotta listen. Piggy's wife, Willie, come on, shove off. Look, what I got is worth millions. Millions. You're out of your head. Now, beat it now, all right? Please, Piggy. Wait. What's that bundle of rags you're holding on to, Snyder? Superman's costume. That's why? Superman's costume? Yeah, I... I, Holy smoke. Are you kidding me, Snyder? No. Oh, sir, help me. Where'd you sir, get it? I got it from the department. He lifted it, huh? The department? Yeah. Now, now I know who Superman really is. You? You do? Yeah. I I know his other name. The guy who makes out the and Superman. Yeah, he must be out of his head. Wait, Superman. Is this from the level, Snyder? No, no, sir, help me. Let me stay here. I'll, I'll make a deal. Uh, he, he's going under. Catch him, Chopin. I got him. He passed out. Put him on the couch. Okay. Chief, you think that's straight? What he told us, Biggie? Yeah, it must be. I know that Superman's costume he's got. Wait here. I'll get Doc over. You better tell him to hurry, Willie. Looks awful bad. Yeah, that Doc will save him. He's got to. This is the break of a lifetime, Chopin. The break that'll make it possible for us to get away with murder. Voice trembling with lustful greed, Biggie Conroy, racket boss of Metropolis during the regime of the corrupt Mike Hickey, summons his physician to care for the wounded and unconscious Willie Snyder, who, possessed of Superman's costume, says he knows the Man of Steel's other identity. Superman's great fear that his double identity will become known to the underworld may come to pass now, as he, Batman, and Robin, and the police search desperately for the ex-convict. What will happen? Surprising and thrilling things happen on Monday, fellows and girls, so don't fail to listen. Be sure to tune in again on Monday, same time, same station, for Chapter 4 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan...
newspaper, which is a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, while Superman searches desperately for him, ex-convict Willie Snyder lies unconscious in the house of Biggie Conroy, boss racketeer. You think Doc can pull Snyder through, Biggie? He's gonna show Ben. Snyder knows who Superman is. He's gonna get that out of him. He believe he knows that, huh? Brought a Superman's costume, didn't he? Yeah, but... So uh, I'm sure he knows Superman's other identity. And when he tells us, there won't be nothing we can't have. The sky's the limit. Hi, gang. Feel something different in the air today. Something that was very definitely there, yet on which you found it impossible to put your finger. Well, let me tell you what it was. It was the first faint beginning of spring sort of an advance announcement that spring is just around the corner. And that funny feeling you had was a little foretaste of what is commonly known as spring fever. Now, that isn't a sickness, so it's nothing to be alarmed about. As a matter of fact, after the kind of winter we've gone through, I think everyone would agree it's something to look forward to with pleasure. But, I'm a great guy for buts, I've got to warn you that what you felt today and what you will feel in the next few weeks can lead to unpleasant things if you're not careful. For instance, this time of the year is just Jim Dandy for cold bugs. This is the time when they get their hooks on you. And when you are careless about dressing properly, by that I mean shedding most of your warm clothes too soon, the old cold bug has himself a good time. He chuckles to himself, gets a good grip, and when you least expect it, let's fly with his special brand of poison. First thing you know, your head aches, your nose runs, your eyes feel heavy, and then plunk, you're in bed with a bad cold. Which, as most of you know, is certainly no fun. And if you've ever had a spring cold before, you know how hard they are to get rid of. They seem to hang on and on, sometimes staying with you right into the summer. So the smart thing to do is to avoid a spring-type cold. And a little later, I'll give you some simple rules that will help you do just that. So keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. When a spare Superman costume was stolen from a secret closet in the apartment he occupies as reporter Clark Kent, Superman realized that now someone other than himself and his friend Batman is aware of his double identity. Then fingerprints of an ex-convict named Willie Snyder were found on the panel of the secret closet, and the police revealed that Snyder had shot and wounded a police officer that day in the alley behind Kent's apartment house. But although seriously wounded, Snyder had managed to escape. Unaware that the ex-convict had made his way to the house of a prominent racketeer called Biggie Conroy, Superman has led Batman into an abandoned, boarded-up brick fire station, facing on the dark alley, several blocks from Kent's apartment house. I think this is where Willie Snyder hit out, Batman. You mean in this old fire station? Uh-huh. He must have waited until it got dark. Impossible, and I... Superman. The police combed the neighborhood. They couldn't have missed this place. Oh, I don't say they did. But they missed our convict friend who was hiding out here. Look, under this manhole cover. What's in there? Shine your flashlight into the sewer and you'll see. Uh-oh. Is that, is that blood on the walls of the sewer? That's right. Willie Snyder was wounded, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think I get it now. It's obvious. Snyder figured the police wouldn't think to look for him in the sewer. So he hid in here until the police had come and gone and stayed there until it got dark. Then he beat him. Could be, but... Wait. What are you looking for, Batman? There are no bloodstains out here on the floor. How do you figure that? Well, he had my costume, you know. He could have stopped up his wounds with that. Yeah, I suppose so. Where, where did he go from here? That's what I want to know. 
couldn't have left more than an hour ago. It's only been dark that long. And he couldn't have walked very far, hurt as badly as the police say he was. No. Hey, wait, Batman. Now what? Turn your light down here beside the manhole. What, like this? No, a little farther to the right. Huh? That's it. Now, see that footprint? Not too well. What's the matter with your eyes? Look, I can even see that the man who made that footprint had a hole in the bottom of his shoe. Well, I hadn't Superman eyes, you know. But if you say so... Clear as day to me. Assuming that police officers don't have holes in their shoes, chances are these footprints are Willie Snyder's. And look, they lead right out the door. You think you can follow them? That's what I'm hoping. Well, come on. Yeah, well, I put this manhole cover back in place. All right, let's go, Batman. I'm right with you. Wait, I'll open the door. Okay, thanks. You still see those footprints? Uh-huh. They go right up the alley. What the... Thunder. Storm's coming. We'll have to work fast, Batman, before the rain washes out the tracks. Where's Robin? The police headquarters, waiting for my call. There's no time to call him now. Up with you. All set, Superman. Let her rip. Uh-oh. Really pouring now. Hang on, Batman. Here we go. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> now, Batman. That rain's washed out all the tracks. Yeah, what a break. And what do we do now, Superman? Oh, we've come about a half a mile. Snyder stayed on foot. He can't be far away. So let's search this neighborhood thoroughly and see if we can... No, wait. He may have picked up a ride, you know. Oh, I know. And if he did, it's going to be tough to find him because he'd make for some underworld hideout. But still, Look, enough. this is where Robin and I can be very helpful because we know our way around the dives in the low spots of this town, you know. Yes, that's a good idea, Batman. You and Robin go to work on that angle and I'll have a look-see from the air. Check. We must find Snyder before he talks. Or it's going to be too bad for me. We'll do our best. Where can we contact you? My apartment or the Daily Planet. Uh, ask for Clark Kent, of course. Naturally. Well, I'm off to get Robin. Good luck, Superman. This is one time I need it. So long, Batman. Up! Up! And away! Well, how is it with Snyder, Doc? Uh, he's in bad shape, Biggie. Under the circumstances, I doubt if he'll last beyond the night. Oh, I told you he's got to live. Long enough to tell me what I want to know, anyhow. Now, that's easy to say, Biggie, but... Don't give me any butts. This guy knows something. They worth millions to me. Millions. But you don't understand, Biggie. Snyder was shot twice. I've extracted one of the bullets, but the other one penetrated a lung and is lodged near the heart. Oh, get it out. It's not that simple. It requires a very delicate operation. It should be done in a hospital. You've done plenty of operations and not in hospitals, either. Yes, but I've never performed an operation of this sort. Very few surgeons have. Anyhow, I tell you that unless I work on him in the hospital, he won't stand a chance. Oh, come on. Take him to a hospital. You know he shot a cop. The whole police force is looking for him. I know. In the old days, it would have been easy. We could take over a whole hospital if we wanted to. Since Perry White got to be mayor, we can't do a thing. Well, in that case, I'm afraid I can't help you. Don't give me that, you stupid crook. Do you realize I got enough on you to have you sent up for life? Look, Biggie, it won't do any good to threaten me. I can't perform miracles, you know. You're going to perform one tonight. Now, look. White and his reform crowd put me out of business, but now I got a chance to come back to make more dough than you or I have dreamed about. If you think I'm going to lose that chance on the count of you, you're crazy. Now go in there and get that bullet out of Snyder's heart or whatever it is. I tell you, Biggie, I can't. It's too much of a job for me. As a matter of fact, I doubt that anybody in Metropolis could do it except Bushmill. Who? Dr. Asa Bushmill. He's the famous surgeon who perfected a new technique in this type of operation. But I wouldn't have a chance, especially without a trained anesthetist and nurses. You see, Snyder's very weak. I gave him plasma. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this guy, Bushmill, worries. At his home, I suppose, at the hospital. Why? 
Well, if you're thinking of getting Dr. Bushmill to operate on Snyder, forget it. In the first place, you said yourself you don't dare take him to a hospital. Shut up. What are you doing, Biggie? Looking up Bushmill's phone number. What for? Promises. Here, here we are, physician. What's the idea? You know you can't take Snyder to a hospital. Yeah, I know, I know. You certainly don't think Bushmill would agree to come here to operate, and on a man wanted by the police at that yeah, I know that, too. It is Bushmill, doctor. Well, then why are you... I want to have a talk with a guy. I don't get it. Why are you calling him? You'll find out. Hello. It's Dr. Ace Bushmill there, please. I got to talk to him. It's an emergency. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is shortly after 9 p.m. when Dr. Asa Bushmill, the famous surgeon, leaves the Metropolis Hospital and walks down the broad flight of stairs to the street. He's a little weary from a long day and evening in the operating room. And his thin, usually erect shoulders are stooped a bit as he crosses the street and opens the door of his car, which sparked at the curb. But as he starts to step into his car, he suddenly stops. We're sitting at the wheel is a thin, lantern-jawed man with a head shaped like an egg. Well, what do you mean? Get in, Doc. Uh, who are you? I'm your new chauffeur. Come on, get in, I said. Now, look here. I don't know what this means, but... Easy, I... Doc. There's another guy right behind you. Ah, uh, that's a gun you feel in your back. Uh, a gun? Yeah, a gun. Now, get in the car, Doc. Hurry up. But I... But I... down and don't yell. I got an itchy trigger. Okay, Chopin, get going. Uh, see here, I... I don't understand. Uh, where are you taking me? To see a new patient. Uh, a patient? Yeah. A guy whose name is Willie Snyder. Helpless, Dr. Bushmill sits between Biggie Conroy's two henchmen and is carried off into the night. Will the famous surgeon operate on Willie Snyder, the ex-convict? And will he save his life so that Snyder will be able to reveal the secret of Superman's double identity to the racketeer? There's a thrill a minute at tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 5 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice.
Today, the secret of Superman's double identity moves closer to exposure as Biggie Conroy, the racket boss, delivers an ultimatum to a famous surgeon. Get this, Dr. Bushmill. That wounded guy in the next room knows something I want to know. See? You gotta save his life so he can tell me. Now, you listen to me, Mr. Conroy's your name, Dr. Biggie Conroy, and you're listening to me. I warned you. Don't let Willie Snyder die, because if you do, you'll die too. Gang, is there a little death trap in your home? I'm not kidding. I mean that seriously. And before I'm through with what I have to tell you, the meaning of that startling question will be perfectly clear. The reason I ask that question, for which incidentally the answer is always yes, is that there are more accident hazards found in the average home than anywhere else. Statistics show that on an average, 88 men, women, and children are killed and 360 are permanently maimed or disfigured, while 12,640 are variously injured or temporarily disabled, all as a result of accidents that happen in the home. That should demonstrate to you that home disasters, which account for half the fearful toll of all accidents, are the most dreaded enemy to our well-being. And another appalling fact is that although some accidents are admittedly unavoidable, most of them can and should be prevented. Yes, in a majority of instances, the simple application of common sense could have prevented accidents that resulted in near death. Doesn't it make you wonder how it can be possible for terrible things to happen where you most expect to be safe in your home? But when you think about it, you'll begin to realize that yesterday or last week or even today, you or someone in your house narrowly missed being hurt by something that happened in your house. Why, a simple thing like a loose rug can take more lives and maim more limbs than a military booby trap. Stay with us, and in just a little while, I'll tell you more about this. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Superman discovered that an ex-convict named Willie Snyder had made off with a spare costume from the apartment he occupies as Clark Kent, he hurriedly summoned his friend, the famous Batman, and told him... This can mean only one thing, Batman. That now somebody else besides you and I knows the secret of my double identity. And unless we can prevent him from revealing my secret to the underworld, my service to humanity, my very life, may be ended. Upon investigation, Superman and Batman learned that Willie Snyder had been seriously wounded in a gun battle with a police officer, but had escaped. Then they traced him to an abandoned building, but there lost his trail. Meanwhile, as they, the police, and Robin, Batman's young companion, searched desperately for Snyder, the ex-convict made his way to the home of Biggie Conroy, a big-time racket boss. Then, when Conroy's doctor told the racketeer that only one man, a famous surgeon named Dr. Bushmill, might be able to save Snyder's life, Conroy gave orders for Dr. Bushmill to be abducted. And now, the outraged surgeon stands before the lumbering, hulking racketeer. Look, Dr. Bushmill, there's a guy here with a bullet near his heart. I understand you're the only man who could get it out and save the guy's life, so get busy. You must be out of your mind, Conroy. You think you can bring me here at gunpoint and then expect me to operate on a man wanted by the police? A man who, I'm told, shot a police officer. Be smart, Doctor. Do like I say and nothing will happen to you. You must be mad if you think you can get away with anything like this. I advise you to call the police at once and have them pick this man up. They'll take him to the city hospital where he'll get proper medical attention. But, Doctor, if the police knew Snyder was here, I'd get in trouble, see? I don't care anything about... But I care. I care a lot, see? Besides, and this is most important, Snyder knows something I want very much for him to tell me. 
And he can't tell me anything. I refuse to be a party to this. Now, I'm going to call the police right now. Put down that phone. Nothing doing. Chopin, show Dr. Bushmill your gun. Yes, sure. Look, Doc. Pretty, ain't it? I... You, you, you wouldn't dare shoot me. Hope you suck it, Doc. Better hang up that phone. Well, yeah. Now you're showing some sense, Doc. Okay, don't waste any more time. Go on in and operate on Snyder. No, I won't do it. it it's against the law for me to operate on this man. Don't worry, Doc. We won't turn you in. Besides, it's impossible for me to operate here. I, I haven't the proper equipment or an anesthetist. The or... boys brought your medical bag along. And Doc Crandall, the guy who's in there with Snyder now, he'll give you a hand. Now stop wasting time. Yeah, my trigger finger's getting very itchy. But I... Oh... Very well. Good. Now remember, don't let Snyder die. Because if you do, you'll die too. Now get going. Hello, Lois. Oh, hello, Chief. I'm so glad you came over. What's the idea of calling me away from City Hall? Well, you see... Yeah, you and Kent and the rest of the staff run the Daily Planet without bothering me every five minutes? It isn't about the paper that I called. In case you've forgotten, I'm the mayor now. That's a big job. Keeps me plenty busy. I know you're busy, Chief, and I'm busy, too, but I'm worried. I don't know what to do, and you've got to help me. Why, of course, of course, Lois, I'll help you. Now, what's gone wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with me. It's Clark. Kent? Yes, he's been acting very strangely, Chief. Well, that's nothing new for Kent. Always disappearing, heaven knows where, never explaining, never... No, it isn't that. He's he's been acting so... so... well, so nervous. Nervous? Yes, he jumps at the slightest sound. He says things don't make any sense, and... well... You know, I think that he is scared to death. Scared? Of what? I don't know, and he won't tell me. Of course, I know Clark isn't what you'd call exactly brave, but he didn't used to jump like this when he saw his own shadow. Mm, well, maybe he's working too hard, or maybe he's a little under the weather. I asked him if he was sick. Well? He said he never felt worse in his life, but when I wanted to call the doctor, he wouldn't let me. He said a doctor couldn't help his trouble. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. That's why I'm worried, Chief. So Jim Olsen and I talked it over, and we decided I ought to call you. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I'll see Kent, and I'll Listen, tell you. Lois, did that? Oh, hello, Clark. Oh, hello, Chief. Yeah, you looks cheap. Uh, okay. How are you, Kent? Okay, I guess. Listen, Lois, have you heard from Batman? Batman? Why, why no. Oh, hang it. Well, what's the matter now? Why should Batman call you? Oh, no reason, I guess. Or he would have called. Huh? What kind of double talk is that? What about Inspector Henderson? Did he call? Why, no. Oh, he promised to let me know at once if he picked up Willie Snyder. Willie Snyder? You mean that ex-convict who shot the police officer? Yes, unless I find him and fast, my name will be mud. What's this? What do you mean, Clark? Snyder knows who I am. What? What? I said Snyder knows... <laughs> what, what am I saying? Yeah, and that's what I want. As if everybody didn't know who I am. <laughs> you see, Chief? Yes. Now, look, Kent, uh, you've been working pretty hard. Now, uh, how would you like to take a little vacation? Vacation? Unless <laughs> I get a break, I may be taking a permanent vacation. Now, what kind of talk is that? Now, Clark? look, Kent, how would you like to go on to Florida for a few weeks? All expenses paid, of course. How can I, Chief? Or how about the Northwoods, Clark? You've always liked the outdoors. Don't be ridiculous. I have no... I'll get it. Wait a minute, that's my phone, Maybe Clark. for me. Clark Kent speaking. Oh, yes, Farber. What, what, what do you know? Who's Farber? Harry Farber, our new police reporter. Oh, that's so. Well, hold on. I'll have the operator connect you with the city. De- say, wait a minute. Did you say Dr. Asa Bushmill, the famous surgeon? Dr. Bush? What about him? It is, eh? Well, look, Harry. Wait there for me. I'll be down at once. What is it, Clark? What about Dr. Bush? Someone saw him being forced into a car at gunpoint by two thugs. What? Good heavens. This might be a hot lead. What do you what? mean? You know, Willie Snyder was badly wounded before he disappeared. That's yes, right. Yes. It could just be that he holed up someplace in the underworld and that it was his pals who grabbed Dr. Bushmill in an effort to save his life. But Kent, listen. No, you came now. I'm going out to track this down. Pushing out of Lois Lane's office, Clark Kent is on his way to the Metropolis Hospital as Superman. 
Kent has made a correct deduction, but will he be able to trace Dr. Bushmill to Willie Snyder? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. His fine, distinguished face looking haggard, Dr. Asa Bushmill has just emerged from a room in the house of Biggie Conroy, the racketeer chieftain. Wearily, the famous surgeon enters the living room, where Conroy is seated in an easy chair. He listens to the music played on the piano by his henchman, Chopin. As the doctor comes into the room, Conroy stands for a moment. He stares at the physician. Then, with a sharp wave of his hand, he barks an order. Hold it, Chopin. Well, how's it go, Dr. Bushmill? Yeah. Yeah, how's Willie? Will he live? I don't think so. Huh? What? Now, look here, Doc. I warned Save you that you... Breath, Mr. Conroy. Even though you forced me to come here, I am, first of all, a physician with the duty to my fellow man. So what does that mean? means that I did my very best to save him. Well, why do you say he won't live? Because the operation was delayed too long. The bullet had penetrated the heart. I don't care about that. I say the guy has got to live. Hmm? I've done everything I could. Well, you got to do more. He must live long enough to tell me something I must know. I'm sorry. Told you I've done my best. Look, doctor... Maybe you can do something that'll bring him around for a minute or two just long enough so he can talk. I'll pay you big dough if you can. Big dough. Your money doesn't interest me any more than your threats, Mr. Conroy. But I think the patient will probably regain consciousness before the end. Yeah? Due to the stimulant I gave him. However, I forbid you to question him. Are you kidding? Definitely not. I forbid Oh, yeah? I'd just like to see you stop me. Keep your eye on this guy, Chopin. I'm going to go sit by Willie until he comes to. Dr. Bushmill aside with one contemptuous sweep of his huge arm. E. Conroy walks into the room where Willie Snyder, ex-convict, lies unconscious. Will Snyder reveal the secret of Superman's double identity to the racketeer before he dies? And what of Superman, who is now at Metropolis Hospital, where he hopes to pick up the abducted Dr. Bushmill's trail? What success will he have? Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills, action, and surprises, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 6 of The Mystery of the Stolen Costume on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!